Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher, joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons, and today we are talking about the 2005 album from May entitled The Everglow. I did the research for this one and found approximately nothing. There is no (laughs) information about this record. All of the information I could find is like blogs and reviews and articles about it, but like about their opinions about it, I, which I'll mm. put a couple of links to a couple of them that I found that I think were, were good, uh, well-written thoughts about. Uh, which we're record. not about opinions on this show. We only want the facts. <laughs> only the facts. <laughs> this is empirical data about music. <laughs> Music-driven empirical data. That's our theme. All, all we it's want. in the theme song. I believe those words are in the theme song. Yeah. Right. It's the instrumental version, so you don't hear the lyrics. But yes, you—that's um, those are the lyrics of that song. Uh, so yeah, I mean, really, I don't. I mean, this is their sophomore album. Uh, also, still on tooth and nail. Releases March 29th, two thousand five, and uh, certainly has, I would say, in the genre was. Um, I don't feel like it got touted as a concept album as much as like, the Black Parade did by my chemical romance but i mean i feel like this is a better overall like keeping with the theme concept album as far as like it's all kind of one story about this kind of love story and stuff and i feel like they do a better job of keeping it on the rails than most people do with concept albums i mean even the beatles kind of did like all right sergeant peppers is a whole thing about this fictional band for two songs and then the rest of the album's really just the beatles album and then we do an <laughs> epilogue at the end and it kind of bookends it you know even they got off track on that so um yeah, so it's a it's a cool kind of concept album from this from this genre. Um, it's kind of one big love story, and which I did not pay enough attention to early because we all know on this podcast that I am less attentive to lyrics than I am to the rest of the things going on. Uh, but yeah, this is a sophomore album. I, I don't have any don't have any sales data. I don't <laughs> like nothing about this record. Uh, so not a lot of facts here other than I think we all enjoy this record. And so we might as well just jump right into talking about our opinions on it, which are better than facts anyway. Right. I mean, uh, so it was, uh, produced by May and, uh, I just forgot his name, Kenneth, um, Ken Andrews, who kind of rock guy did a lot of other, um, rock albums. Like this is about the poppiest thing on the list. Cause he did stuff like with, uh, Chris Cornell and uh, he was in a band R. called R. Failure and uh, I guess he did he did some of the engineering or producing on like Jimmy World's uh, Integrity Blues and did May and anyway Nine Inch Nails nice. bunch of stuff like that so definitely more of a rock guy but uh, this is this is a little bit different outside that but uh, sound, record sounds great it's uh, it's definitely got a feel to it and this is kind of um, what they were going for and with a whole prologue epilogue and art to go along with it. And I think may is obviously a pretty artistic band. They like to kind of do this whole, um, extra experiences, not just the audio yeah. part, but like this one was kind of the booklet thing and the artwork, man, it just it kind of makes you wish that 2005 is the year YouTube's like YouTube. It, comes into existence and you just wonder like this band was kind of probably made for like YouTube creativity, but we're a little early. <laughs> they were a little early. Yeah. Um, just a little. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, and uh, cause I feel like it could have been, which they've done some of that kind of stuff with like the, the, uh, multi, what's the last one, Kyle, that I'm multi-sensory forgetting. Multi-sensory, multi-sensory aesthetic, aesthetic. Ex- uh, experience experience. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
anyway, they've always done these albums. I feel like the first album of theirs was not super conceptual, felt more like just like a normal album. And then from here on, I feel like everything we get is way more like, okay, the, the idea behind this album is this, and we're doing this thing. Yeah, uh, they're, they're thematic, you know, yeah. stylistically at the at the very least. Yeah, the, at the at the very least stylistically, a lot of times vocally too, like, you know, lyrically and stuff. Uh, the morning, afternoon, evening set of EPs yeah. was very much like super conceptual. Um, but they they never seem to lose the like melodic and no. good songs. It's not uh, it's not it's, quite in the weeds like Coheed is, you know. Right. I th- I think it's crazy like how you said there's no information, but the but the one bit of information you have about the producer, like it always shocks me when there's a band in the early two thousands on Tooth and Nail that's not produced by Aaron Sprinkle. It's right. Like, what what? <laughs> What'd you guys do to piss off Aaron? Yeah, or or like clearly he was just recording someone else, maybe. Right. Too busy with like six or seven uh parallel projects. Yeah. He's looking well, at his I'm calendar. Doing, I'm doing value pack and 90 pound woods <laughs> and MXPX uh right now. So I just don't know if I can fit May in. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it'd be pretty hard. Um yeah, but I mean literally, you know, you know, Wikipedia obviously, um, spoiler alert, isn't our, our first place to go. The Wikipedia page for this album is like non existent. It has like we one hit. quote from a YouTube video on the song meanings, and that's pretty much it. Artwork. The artwork was designed by Ryan Clark at Invisible Creature. That's it. That's the information we have about the artwork. I dove into other stuff. There's just not a lot of information about it. Um, and so uh, anyway, which makes me sad. But well, we need to start making notes of these. We could be the ones to make the we Wikipedia could be. pages. Oh, yeah, we could yes. be. I mean, I'd have that to could find... be our, our little stamp in history in the in the in the zeitgeist. Let Here are the facts, gonna... Wikipedia. When am I going to find the time to do that, though? Um, I, we could just type as we write. Let's just start. <laughs> let's just. I got this yeah, podcast. Use some be... dic- yes, dictation software, and the <laughs> podcast is just the Wikipedia entry. Yeah, we we can we can get there. Let's just. Here's what we need to do. Let's make this podcast enough of an authority, quote unquote, that people start quoting us on Wikipedia articles. That's the and goal. That would be like our way of updating Wikipedia articles without actually having to do so. This is um, what Finding Emo says about May. Right. And they say they only deal in facts. <laughs> only. Never opinions. True. Okay, well, let's just jump into talking about the record. Kyle, let's talk about first impressions first and what yours might have been. Did you have this one in 2005? I did. Um, I think around that time I was, I, you know, made the joke about Aaron Sprinkle, but I think I was listening to everything that Tooth and Nail put out around this time. And man, it's, um, I, I enjoyed, um, Destination Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I really liked it, but man, this came out and, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go too far into giving away my, my critique of the first song, but I will say guys, our age, people, our age have always kind of gone with the turn the page joke. When, when you hear this sound, Mm -hmm. turn the page and, um, they nailed it. (laughs) I thought it was, I thought that that was brilliant. And so like from the moment I heard the, the moment I started this thing, I was hooked. I was in, I loved it. I love Dave's voice. I love the drumming. I, I, I just, I love this band. Um, and there was something, I mean, I feel like may is still one of those bands that there's something hard to describe about them, even though they're, they're not like, they're not so far outside of one, you know, any genre, 
but there's it's hard to put their fin- my finger on what exactly it is about them that makes them special. There's a lot of things, but man, it just the combination of of the of the drums of when they rock, they rock, and and like his voice, it just I loved it from the second I heard it. So, Chris, what about you? First impressions? Uh, did you have this one? I'm sure I was playing this album in front of you in 2005. No, <laughs> no, I, I remember buying this really quickly after it came out. I I think Destination Beautiful kind of hit ringed for me some way. Plus, like Kyle, like I was still, you know, very into tooth and no records and pretty excited especially when they had a new artist that was doing something a little more interesting may definitely has a unique sound but still driving rocking you know emo and you know it was enough for me to really dig it um so i yeah i remember i remember vividly too the, what would we call it the prologue the the opening track yeah. Um, I, I definitely remember the first time hearing that being like, wait a minute here. <laughs> yeah, I, it didn't hit me as good, as hard as you did, uh, Kyle. Man, I, I didn't love it, it but I, I, I liked it, but I, I, I was just like, you guys are just, you're just right on the edge of like losing me. But I, I was into it. I was into it. Not as much as you, Kyle, but I thought it was cute. I thought it was cute. You, they had, they had <laughs> to, pr- they had to prove themselves. They had right. to earn it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Well, I think uh, I think the other problem is I don't remember if I bought the CD on this or if I bought it on iTunes. I could probably look back and figure uh, this out. But like, there's those are two different experiences, and you don't have absolutely. the artwork if you bought it on iTunes. I don't know if I had. Maybe I did have the artwork. I just felt like it was the. I liked the idea behind the opening thing, but it didn't execute super well because it wasn't clear that those sounds that it said to listen to are like different sounds on the record yeah. so really until you listen to the record all the way through well, and you it's couldn't not listen for clear, those sounds it, it is i mean to to be fair to you We're it's not ahead, even guess, clear but. that it's like yeah. a it's not even like a dong yeah it's like these these abstract noises and it's yeah, like it's all parts of the songs that you're <laughs> right. supposed to hear it's like so when you hear this part of this song you're supposed to turn the page I I almost wish they would have like the somehow shoehorned a not the chime because that would have been obnoxious on a record, but Air you horn. could have done some sort of <laughs> instrument or something or I don't know it, it could have maybe worked. But what do I know? I li- I love what they were trying to do though. I really do, and I got and I like that it set it up as like this is an album, which yeah. yeah. But no, I didn't get it until I heard it this time. I was like, oh, I see what they did. Like the end of the songs because you know I was listening to the album over and over yes. again. Yeah. Um, 20 years. Also, yeah, also, as far as sales go, we may not have any information, but I can tell you, uh, these vinyl are going for like 200 plus bucks. No kidding. Yeah, so, I would like to get it, yeah, but I think, I think it's safe to say that at least the people that love this record, they love it. They love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that everyone that, um, if, I think if you like May and it, if you heard this record, you kind of liked it. I mean, it's, and love it. And I don't yeah. know oh, that definitely. there's, it's, uh, I don't feel like it's that polarizing or anything, but. Um, it's another one of those kind of like Motion City soundtrack where I go, man, I feel like this should better define the genre a little bit because it is kind of a perfect, can't quite put my finger on what it is about them. It's certainly more, it's way more uplifting and hopeful than most of the other stuff in the genre at the time. And I, which would you I say about it's it? soaring, Blake? It's soaring, I would say. <laughs> I think that's a fair thing to say. But it, it really does have like they have this upbeat thing to them, but not in a not in hopeful. a uh, yeah, yeah. It's like hopeful. It's not yeah. like rose colored glasses kind of thing. It's but it's it's very real and and 
sentimental in the right way. Sentimental may, in a real way, not in a yeah. It may is the bridge between like Michael W. Smith contemporary Christian music to <laughs> My Chemical Romance. They just it's M's. That's just all the M's. Yeah, right there. yeah. there kind of is. Yeah, there there is. I mean, you know, because like Tooth and Nails, a little bit more of like Christiany label, and and I think these guys are pretty clearly like Christians and, and, but like, Definitely. not that they would say they'd call themselves a Christian band or anything like that. But I mean, you I, can I tell actually think there that were they've adamantly, I, I was, but I think they've, they are actually adamantly or were adamantly opposed to being called that. Yeah. It's um, a silly label. I yeah. think I've always thought it's a weird label. Cause like, I don't know. No one, I've never, no one's ever claimed to be a Jewish band or, right. or, 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 <laughs> or a Catholic band. It's weird, right? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. But like, I never you can thought just, about it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, no, we're just in a band. We have like, right. what is our, like, no, we just play music. We sing about things that we care about. Like it doesn't yeah. but matter, I, but sometimes I that's wrote a, girl a letter to MXPX. Like, are you a Christian band or not? You guys got to tell Say me. It. it was a Give big me. deal for me. me. I know it, well, it was for a lot of people <laughs> in the nineties in Oklahoma. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like that they don't, have to put a label on it and that they're um but i do love i mean they're they they've got especially that morning afternoon evening one like it's got some really cool lyrical stuff going on in it but without being like they never seem whiny or complainy uh which was yeah. definitely the if if you had a stereotype in the genre at the time was a bunch of like you know, boys complaining, like crying about girls, <laughs> essentially like if you had to boil it down to what, yeah. what was happening and this didn't feel like that, it feels different and, but it has enough, it has some of the hallmarks and it has some kind of almost math Rocky stuff too, but not quite going to like, we're not like going all the way to like coheed or mute math, that, like that nerdy technical stuff, but there is some like nerdy technical stuff going on too. Um, so I was into it. I liked the first record a lot. And I can't remember. I don't feel like I got this right when it came out. I feel like it, like the week it came out, I remember being at the green door outside and a friend of mine was like, did you get the new May record? And I was like, oh no, I guess I forgot it was coming out this week or something. And they were just like, you have to get, I mean, it was like, you know, <laughs> you must. And I was like, okay. And I was like, you know, one of those friends that you trust their opinion. And so I went and got it and I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I probably AOL instant messenger to tell her that in 2005, uh, you were correct. The album was fantastic and uh, I've loved it ever since. And I hadn't, I, I mean, I do listen to this record fairly often, but I guess I hadn't in a little bit. And yeah, last couple of weeks listening to it has been a treat. It's a, it's a really good one. Um, let's go into track by track. We kind of already talked a little bit about the first one. Um, we'll just play a little clip of it right here just to get a little taste. Here you go. Hello, and welcome to the Everglow by May. You are now listening I didn't feel like we needed to play that much yeah. of it. That's essentially what happens. A little piano thing, a little crackle of the record. They did get the perfect girl to yeah, do the voice definitely. over there. Like, did that's the ever. right voice. It's perfect. Perfect. It's like sweet but not too like, I don't know. It's just, it's a really good, really good thing. Prologue. I, like I said, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but I don't, um, it doesn't do a lot for me, but I get, I like the idea behind it, but, um, I don't have the booklet in front of me. So that would be, but this would be something that would totally work for like, um, like a YouTube album, like a full album video or something with like visualization stuff would be really cool. That'd be super cool for this record. I think it would be, I don't know. That's the kind of thing that I, I, I like about them. So, May, if you're listening, you can still do it. You can do you it right now. You should just do that now. Yeah. Yeah. I've got no ideas for it other than that. 
go make a make a full length video for this 20 almost 20 years later um you guys have any other thoughts on the prologue we kind of already talked about that do we just want no to i like to... your comment about the voice because it really is it's like i don't know i i how it, it makes you wonder like how they found that voice or that person because like i don't know i would be like i don't know what i'm looking for and then when i heard that I'm like that's it that's it <laughs> and it might have been like their friend who knows i mean right. i don't know like i would love to know if they tried several voices and it didn't work or if that was just no we know who's going to do this and it's going to be perfect but yeah that it's it's soothing. I like it. It makes me feel comfortable. Um, unlike the lady on the dial tone back in the day that like, if you'd like to make a call, that lady does not make oh. me comfortable. No, she's very in your oh, face. Yeah. Scary. Audibly. <laughs> Still have nightmares about that voice. <laughs> I think I don't... Yep. Yeah. That's like nightmares from my childhood. Um, okay. Let's go to track two, um, which of course is we are so far away or sorry, we're so far away. Did you know how you would move me? Did you know? Did you know how you would move me well? I don't even think so. But the moment's magic swept us away. I had to get that little sweeping thing in there. Because <laughs> I like the show off on the piano going on. I mean, I like that we're like... Hey, dude, you're classically trained. Let's get some of that business on here. Um, I, I, this is feels. I mean, this is. I know not technically the opening track. I consider it the opening track, obviously, because it's the first like song on it. So, Chris, where you at on track two? We're so far away. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it kind of has two intro songs, but uh, yeah. That, you know, one thing I noticed uh, this time listening back to the record, it's like how much was happening with like synths and pads on this song. Um, but no, no rhythm really, you know, I mean, but piano's kind of a rhythm. Right? I don't you even know think there's I mean? a like click. Right. I mean, it it's sounds, it's like, of, it's really flowy. Yeah. They let it move the way it's supposed to move. And it, and it sounds, uh, gosh, these guys can play My God. Um, I will not shut up about that for the next 18 or 19 songs, however many are on this album, but, um, <laughs> yeah. And I like that they're, we're kicking it right off with like, Hey, by the way, we have a piano player that can play. It's got chops better than any, <laughs> any band that we're ever going to play with. Um, and then, of course, the sneak attack yep. power note ending that always gave me, like, shaking anxiety just thinking about <laughs> being the drummer in this band. Like, oh, 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 don't miss it. Don't miss it. Everyone will know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. They, I mean, this is a, I, I imagine they, I know I saw them during this. I can't remember if they did or not, but this would be also great to open a concert with because if you did these two like did this track with just the piano and dave out there and then slowly brought people on or whatever and then go into someone else's arms live that'd be pretty killer (laughs) way to start a show too um i love it yeah it's um it's a it's i like i this is how i like if you're gonna start an album slow this is how i like to do it it's it's a build into the next track like I mean, cl- so clearly on purpose that that's what they're doing here. And I I really love it. I think it's, it's like beautiful and atmospheric and sweet, all these things at the same time. And um, I like it. Kyle, where, where are you at on it? I love this song. I love the, I mean, you can't catch all the great moments of this one, but like the, I guess the bridge on, on it. Yeah. Um, love it. 
I love his voice, man. It sounds so good. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's an enviable voice. Like I wish I could sing like Dave, uh, love the piano parts. It's, it's just awesome. And, you know, I, I am here for the intro. And so like, I am just loving that they continued on what I felt like just kind of floating through this journey with them. And the transition to the next track is just so freaking awesome. <laughs> Chef's kiss is what uh, Chris yeah. signed to us just now. Yeah, they really, uh, they do a great job. Let's go into it. I really want, I mean, I could play this whole album. It's hard to find clips because I wanted to kind of do that transition from the yeah. Into the the we're so far away into do this. These next transitions track? work on spot. Me and Kyle have Apple Music. Yeah, like at Spotify. Yeah. Do the they transitions work, yeah. work on Spotify? Yeah, thank goodness. Because remember when there's iTunes no didn't have the gap? Yeah. No, there's still a gap on mine. Like I don't know <gasps> there if it's is? maybe. Well, oh, this that's... this album for me is imported. Like I either had the CD or someone did, loaned me the sure. CD. So yeah, there's. It's a you gap might have to re-import or something because yeah, the gap was a killer. Remember when they got rid of that gap? How happy oh. we were, Chris? When they was we that like so Tiger? Yeah. I think it was literally like <laughs> ten point, it's like ten point four. Yeah, Mac it was OS. a long time back. It was a while back. We were really we excited about. We installed it with a CD-ROM. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we definitely did, and on an iBook. And I was so excited about gapless playback, playback because that was the thing missing from digital music was these albums where people put the thought into how the transitions would go between tracks. Sucked in iTunes for like two or three years. Um, and when they got that gapless thing, you kids with your Spotify, you have no idea how easy it is. Um, and you just listen to playlists anyway. You know what I do wish Spotify would have? This is my next feature. Apple Music, Spotify, also, uh, if, you, if you're listening, this is my idea. They need to have a way to say, if I put a song on a playlist that would be like these two songs... I want to anchor them together. So they like, even if I'm shuffling a playlist, because like my other example of that is Jackson Brown's 100%. Jackson Brown's yes. The Loadout and the Stay. I want those to always play back to back because they're separate yep. on the album, but I never want to hear those songs separate from each other because they should, they're always, they should always be together. Uh, yeah. MXPX, Small Town Minds in a First Class Mail. Like one doesn't work without the other. You got to have them together. It. And freaking uh, Brain Stew without Jaded is. Uh, Can't do it. It's nothing. Shouldn't do it. Come on. Anyway, that's the next. Spotify. I want an anchor feature on a playlist that says, even if I shuffle it, these tracks stay together. Um, I need that feature. I also need a, just a rating system and a meta field kind of thing where I can like type notes so I can make better playlists. But I don't think they're going to give me that. Anywho, let's go on to track three, which is someone else's arms. <laughs> is air drumming so we're gonna go to him first what are your thoughts on someone else's arms i am air drumming because there is like three beats in this song without a bass drum or a snare drum hitting <laughs> something it's a lot yeah. it's right after the bridge but yes he literally fills every quarter of a measure with a bass or a snare drum and i love it big uplifting opening progression the rhythm section the guitar is just locked in on the verse um 
and that uh, better off. I literally put after bridge, better off breaking hearts with the okay sign because <laughs> uh, I don't know why I always dug it, but like just the way he just pulled it up a little bit. Ah, so good. This is an epic song. Oh, and I also wrote down. Uh, so I remember being surprised, Kyle, that the there's kind of a romantic theme because I feel like on the album before they they didn't really talk about relationships. Am I so okay? So one one thing to to consider is that uh, Destination Beautiful was just songs that were the result of a recording pro- project between Dave and I don't know if it was the bassist or the drummer, um, but like so they weren't really a band. Yeah, it was more of a fun project, my understanding was, yeah. And, you know, in the intro, we're talking about how, like, everything from this point on from this band feels so cohesive and themed in in one way or another, and it makes total sense as to why that record feels different. Um, So, yeah. Well, and that, that, it had some, like, relationshipy songs, but it was more like, uh, was the track from the first album about the movies? Yeah. that oh. I love so much. I can't think of what it goes, but I mean, but that's more of like a fun relationship song. Whereas this whole album is more about like the, the messy parts of love, uh, but the, the soundtrack of our movie. Yeah. Soundtrack of our movie. That's yeah. a great, Oh man. There's that, lots of great songs. On lots that of great record, songs. But... And we'll do that record too. We yeah. just kind of had to jump to this one cause it's so good. Uh, so we're going out of order cause we can, it's our podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about first tracks and then we talk a lot about second tracks. I'm considering this a second, second track. I know it's track three, but you know what I mean? Going from we're so far away to this great back to back songs and really kind of set up the whole album as far as like coming in kind of sweet and quiet with the piano and stuff. And then we're rocking by this song. And I really think they're really good. Um, they're great. Like, Hey, this is what you can expect for the rest of the record. Like the feel of these two songs is kind of continues, it gets us going and, and doesn't really stop. So um, it's a great, it's a great follow up to the piano ballad from opening our opening track. Uh, I love it, Kyle. What do, what do you think? I mean, I agree with you guys. I, the the freaking the verses, the the palm mutes into the chachans, like are just freaking awesome. I love. I'm a sucker for anybody doing low harmony, and they do that on the like the second line. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. the what is it again? Yeah. This is the mark I aim to miss. And then they go low. One of them goes low on again. So awesome. One of my favorite things about them. I don't want to go far enough. I I don't want to go so far as to call them like metal riffs, but they're, some of their riffs are heavy dude. And it's so weird because his voice is not at all heavy. No, not even like some of these riffs, man. And some that we'll hear later on. It's like, you, you could put them. Another band could play them, and like they would fit right in with some some much heavier stuff. You know? Yeah, if you put more distortion on them and change the tone of the drums and maybe sped it up just beep a little bit, yeah. some of these songs would be yeah. Well, and really, a lot of it's that the guitars have like a lighter tone so that they don't like just absolutely destroy the piano. I mean, as far as like getting that piano to cut through the mix, you can't have like heavy heavy distortion guitars. They're just too much competition in that frequency range and so yeah you put a little bit more distortion on this stuff and a lot of these riffs are especially in like um there's some in this song uh definitely in suspension there's some fast stuff i don't know oh, it's yeah. cool there's and there's some stuff on the piano that if a guitarist was playing it it would certainly be considered shredding you know what yeah. i mean there's some cool piano parts on this record that are are fast and like 16th note arpeggiations kind of arpeggiations arpeggios 
Yeah. Is arpeggiation's a word? Probably not. Yeah. I'm yeah, you just made own it. Um, yeah, but it's a great, this is a great preview of the album to want. And I, one, my favorite thing about it, I mean, and this is one of those things I do notice because it's one of my favorite things good lyricists do is <clears throat> like trick you with the, what you, they, you think they're going to say the whole time. Except that like, what's weird is that because the title is someone else's arms, you think he says that throughout the song. He doesn't until the very end of the song. Like yep. the, he only ever completes the, I just want to wake up, wake up yep. in someone's. But you never really catch, and I almost wish they wouldn't have named it someone else's arms, because it's almost the the reveal at the end that he wants to wake up in someone else's arms is is better to not know that that's coming, in my opinion. So I almost wish they would have called it something else than someone else's arms. Um, not that I you know I pay that much attention to titles either, but I do. I just a great great little thing to not have that till the very end of the song. Um, I like it. Okay, let's go to. Track four, suspension. Here we go. we were saying bop in 2005 but this song qualifies mm. it is and there's yeah. some riffs on it kyle like you were talking about yeah. that are really freaking cool well, uh what are your thoughts on it that, it's awesome that one that, that we just heard like in between the that freaking sounds like a cartel riff yeah definitely it's just it's just awesome dude like this is this is one of those records that i could just uh I could just talk stupid about, you know, just like, oh, this this cool part and he sounds awesome and like the drummer's good on every song. Um, and I and that's probably what I'll say. Dave sounds cool, the guitar parts are awesome, the piano is good. Uh I love it, man. It's freaking awesome. And like we just keep doing this, like a few tracks into this record. I'm like, oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like yeah, there's definitely. no I am not disappointed like a few tracks in I'm, I'm, I'm actually worried that like, how could it get better? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like it's really good. This song is so, there's a lot going on in this song. There's a lot of parts Mm -hmm. and none of them step on each other's toes somehow. Um, that, that post chorus part is pretty busy between everything and it all works. Like it's all, it all flows really well with each other. You can pick out, you know, guitars, pianos, dr- I mean, it's like, it's cool. And his voice kind of is just smooth right on top of it. I love it. One thing I noticed in the singularity thing on the deluxe version of that, there was like demos from this record, which was weird, but it had a demo of this song and the lyric was pick up speed and it didn't work at all. It was like, and so I'm so glad they changed that to we are gaining speed. Cause it was yeah. just such a weird, the way he phrased it was like pick, ing up speed it was just a really weird break there that didn't work and so that was one of those things that i don't know if that was a producer going like that's not working quite well hey, <laughs> dude <laughs> what if we found a different way to say that but it is fun to like peek behind the curtain at the things that didn't work because uh they're every band has a bunch of stuff that's on there yeah. um have you guys ever watched those um well now there's a podcast um song exploder that does it but 
back in the day, like VH1 had like, like they call them like classic record, classic records, and they would go back in with like the tapes at a board with oh, like the, the producer the, and the artist, yeah. and they'd be pulling up stuff. They're like, you know, and I saw the one with U2 where the streets have no name, and it had all this weird stuff on it. That like, I'm glad they decided it didn't work. Like all this percussion stuff and things, and they were like, oh yeah, like we totally forgot. I mean, like you know, it's like the artist and the producer in there pulling up tracks, going like, oh, I totally forgot we had that random thing on there that we cut out in the mixing or whatever. Um, it's fun to like peek behind the curtain and see that stuff to know like, Oh look, they, <laughs> it's good to say no to some things. Like it's, oh, yeah. you need to like, it, you should always try stuff, but you also have to dial it back sometimes and, and, and make your best judgment on what to cut out. And that's a good example of just a lyric that makes a huge difference on just a slight different phrasing on that to make it work a little bit better but it's a great song i i really it gives me the same feelings it did almost 20 years ago when it came out as far as i'm just like yep i'm totally into this it makes me excited and hopeful and stuff um i'm into it uh chris additional thoughts on it i i liked what you said about a lot going on i wrote the same a uh, similar note there's a lot of like ear candy and synths in the second verse and then the way they pull it all, I, I literally wrote bringing all the tricks out for the last chorus and showing us those pipes. Uh, but you're right. It does. It, it all works together. They didn't they didn't leave anything out but the kitchen sink, but they made it all sound sonically really good together. So um, and this is uh, on Apple uh, Music. This is their most popular song and it's their second most popular song on Spotify, I think. So it's a it hit. makes sense. It's a good song. I mean. It deserves to be. I love the line too. Just say anything, but say what you mean. That's oh, a really that. yeah, good, yeah, yeah. great, great line. Yeah. It's a great sentiment. That's exactly how I feel about most things. It's like you can say anything you want as long as it's truthful. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like how you feel. You know, better mean I, it. I have to tell my kids that all the time. It's like, you know, just say what you mean. That's all, that's all you're gonna do. Uh, let's go to track five. This is the countdown. Seasons bring change, as the seconds fade away, I still don't. Chris, what are your thoughts on track five? Nice clip. Uh, this I do is, what uh, I can. Yeah, yeah. Got the falsetto in there and everything. Song has great dynamics, up and down, like chill, melodic verses, and then with the really clean guitars, all piano driven, and then into that that big um, catchy chorus. Also, uh, bass player, like showing us some some moves yeah. on that song as well. Uh, you kind of forget there's a bass player back there until the song. You're like, oh, there's so much great musicianship. And he's back there like, hey, I'm hey, part of the band too. I'm carrying this thing too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then uh, you you mentioned a little bit the prog rock, Rush, Coheed kind of thing. Yeah, there's like, like it, there's that vibe. In the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they do it just enough where it's cool. It's not like trying to show off though, I don't feel like. I feel like they do it yeah. in service of the song, but not like to not to wank off. And like, <laughs> well, it's <laughs> almost like, I mean? hey guys, in case you're wondering, we can do this if yeah. we want to. When it works, we choose yeah. not to. We choose not most to. of the time. But choose we can. to season our songs. But to it. me, that's the best. That is the the best musicians know how to do that. It's like 
I always go back to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers because I think they're one of the best bands ever, but they rarely did something super complicated on the record. They were like, they did it. Everything was in service of the song. And sometimes it was like the sim, like Ben Montin. She's like the best piano player, I think, but he was playing very simple stuff sometimes on that stuff. It's like, this is all it needs. Like, this is the part, you know? Um, and I feel like he's just the model for that. And they, you know, when it works, they can do some more complicated stuff here, but not, not make it crowded. Don't make it about the guitarist. Cause that's not what matters in the grand scheme of things. It's the, the whole thing. I, I love it. I think it's a great song. Um, I think that, uh, there's that baseline that you mentioned, Chris going on in the verses combined with the piano stuff. I, it's weird. I don't know how stuff's not stepping on each other's toes here. Cause there's quite a bit going on in those verses, it blows but it works mind. well. It doesn't, it's not it doesn't feel too crowded and it doesn't, um, uh, yeah, they did a great job and, and, and it's not, it is not easy to get guitars and pianos to, to work well together. A lot of times on, on stuff like this, people even end up like just rolling all the lows off the piano so that it's not fighting that mid, that low mid of the guitars or the bass and stuff. Or they, in this case, it sounds like they're doing more of that on the guitars. Like kind of like letting the piano fill that space and doing other parts, but that's a good band. That's why they're right. good at figuring this stuff out. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on, on the track? Uh, great song. I agree with what you guys said. My, my favorite thing about the baseline is like, there are times where I'm just certain that he's going to just play along to what Dave is singing, you know, like the yeah. vocal melody and he doesn't quite do that. And yet it somehow still sounds good. Um, like you mentioned, like we're, we're so far in and it still feels like we're climbing and it's, and that was on the last track. And I feel like what, like when I listen to this record, I just feel I, in a good way, I get that feeling of like, a little kid turning the jack in the box and it's like yeah <laughs> anticipating that thing popping out um i'm just like excited and just freaking jacked it's it's what what are we technically are we four or five tracks in now? Well, we're track five but i mean it's the fourth yeah. song because yeah. prologue and, doesn't really count so fourth fourth song and we're still cooking you know yeah so. that bridge is great on here too um that tambourine I mean, it's yeah. just driving the whole thing. I love it. Um, I love that last chorus where it goes just the piano hitting those big chords. Uh, it's they just do a good job at arranging these songs. Um, really into it, and and we're still in the um, we're still in the rough part of the relationship of this album. It sounds like you know, it's like the but it's honest too. I mean, it's like the want to wake up in someone else's arms and yeah. This track is, you know, kind of about things falling apart and stuff, and and um, it's 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 about those parts of relationships without being um, like a lot of the stuff in the genre where it's just like poor me, how could right. she do this to me, or like oh, well, you know, it's like it, it's not, it's a little introspective at least, right? <laughs> Whereas a, a lot of honesty, stuff was just more, yeah, yeah, it was me too, you know, because you know they're things. they're adults, um, yeah. and so. Yeah, it's it's uh it's there's a lot of lyrics like that on this record where I'm like, ooh, that feels familiar to something that I wasn't articulating very well, um, because I was not good at dating. <laughs> as my wife will tell you, as when this album, we weren't we weren't dating yet when this album came out, but um, I was I'm a better husband than a boyfriend than I was a boyfriend. If that makes sense. I was that's probably wasn't great at at uh, at saying what I meant. Um, okay, let's go to. Number six, painless. 
the riff I'm talking about. If that was a guitar, that thing would be, if that piano part was a guitar part, it would be considered shredding, right? I mean, that's a the lot. The guitars get going heavy on. after that, though. Yeah, they too. do. But I mean, well, they kind of do the same yeah. rhythm, yeah. But that whole, that piano part is legit. It's Did not you guys know that the drummer is actually playing the drums and the piano at the same time? <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're not going to get to write anyone's Wikipedia page, Kyle. That's provably false. Just imagine someone trying to do that real quick. <laughs> that would be that really funny. If we super stressful. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on the songs, though? Uh, I mean, it's awesome, dude. That freaking <laughs> clip you just played, the piano part is insane. The snare sounds awesome. Uh, Dave sounds awesome. And I do love, uh, I love the part that you played. It's perfect. But I also love when the guitars kick in right after that. Um, you, you get a little bit of that heavy, I don't know, that heavy May sound. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what to call it because it's not quite metal, but you guys know. No, but they I mean. put like it's very uniquely them crunchy yeah. guitars and it sounds like May. Yeah. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on it? Ah, piano. What do you, you come on, man? Like that's what you stuff. hear when you hear this song. It's like how that is really impressive playing right there. Um, and, and that bass line's uh, perfect uh, below it oh, too. Yeah. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. It's just yeah. like really kind of jumping back between those two notes and stuff. But right. it's a really cool bass line. Yeah, well, and even like Dave's vocals are uh, like he keeps it pretty chill on the verse. He just like says three words. He's like, "I'm just here to kind of make sure you know there's still a singer here. No, <laughs> watch him play." <laughs> Yeah, I'm into it. I mean, it's a it's a cool, and it it feels like uh, it feels definitely more rocky. I mean, the the yeah. course is pretty is heavier, heavy for May kind of thing. Um, but I like that we have. I mean, yeah, the courses here are pretty heavy on guitar, and like to have that in combination with like the opening track of this thing, that piano thing and strings and stuff. It's cool that they were like, hey, we're going to do exactly what we want to do. And and it sounds like them the whole time. They never stepped too far outside of it. But um, they did a great job at not like pigeonhole, pigeonholing themselves into a sort of, I don't want to say genre because that's not the right thing. But like they clearly were like, look, we've got a talented piano player and we want to showcase his like, we don't want to like dumb it down all the time. Um, and I appreciate that they didn't. And this is an yeah. example of that. Or sometimes we want to rock. Sometimes we want to be, I've read one thing that was like may one opinion that was like may it was like if Copeland was a little bit more ambitious, but although I like, I think Copeland is pretty ambitious too. I think for anyone, yeah. they were obviously wrote that pre, I think, um, uh, eat, sleep, repeat. Cause I think that yeah. album is fantastic, but maybe not. Um, yeah, I just feel like they go for it on this, and this is a, a good example of that. Uh, any other thoughts on 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 this track, Painless? Okay, let's go to track seven, which is The Ocean, getting back into the sweet stuff. Here we go. Monier, thoughts on track seven, The Ocean? I love this song, but I did get a little obsessed with whether 
or not, the ocean actually needs the waves. Oh my gosh, I, I wrote that I down too. I've been waiting <laughs> for this. I, I, I'm I waiting for this. <laughs> Does it? Do you know? Uh, I, well, I mean, what are waves? Um, they are the waves ocean, are right? Just a dis- well, no, a wave is really just a disturbance or a variation, a transfer of energy progressively from point to point. This is like a wave can be in both water and sound and air. Yeah, um, you're right. Waves are really part of the ocean. Uh, you know, they're the surface of the ocean. They're happening to the ocean. Yeah. I don't know if they need each other as much as they're just a part of each other. Well, but that's I what know. I think is funny. Is that like I so here's what's funny. I thought the same thing. I was like, I don't know that the metaphor works for me. But then that's I start so thinking about it because I'm like, isn't the ocean You can't remove one from the other? Waves are just ocean. And then that's when I started going, like, maybe this yeah. works because they're not yeah, two symbiotic. different things. Yeah. And so I maybe hope, Yeah. Yeah, what started thing. as me being skeptical about the metaphor, like eventually Man, I was like, but I've works. been thinking about this for so long that I think it works. It's like something that hits you as cheesy on the first <laughs> listen, and yeah. then you start thinking about it, and I'm like, but there, you're right. You can't separate the two of them. You can't have yeah. waves without the ocean, and you can't have the ocean without waves. Like it's like they can't exist without each other. So you've really um, got us in quite the. It works. I think. I think I've. Yeah. I'm solidly on team. The metaphor works. Yeah. Kyle, what are you, where are you at with the, the song I, in general? I agree. The song rocks. Yeah. It is indeed a mixtape must. Mixtape must. And it might be it, the also Sacred Heart song. Sacred Heart song. Yes. It's a yeah, good could, ballad. Shirley May has been on. on uh, I don't think so. Really? I'll pull up the Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> or the, He's got the, it. He's always at the ready. The, the, yeah, You'll um, open the file. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll open it up. No, I, I, I love it. And, and I agree. Like, it can be a little... It can be a little cheesy, but man, it's, I don't know, man. It does it for me, dude. I, yeah. It may be that, that I just love this band, but I, I agree with you. It's like the ocean and, and waves cannot exist without one another. And so that's kind of beautiful. And you know what? We could ask Dave and he might be like, oh, I don't know. It just fit. <laughs> I like to think that, yeah, it just kind of sounded right. And then we're here yeah. like, well, what does he really mean? though <laughs> i think what's here i think here though like i'm always more willing to forgive something that feels a little cheesy when it also feels totally genuine and oh, i don't yeah, believe 100%. for a second that it's, it's not genuine it, I, does that I make sense completely yes so i'm it, never like rolling my eyes at a lyric when i think it it was i mean sometimes i guess i do because i think you can be genuine and still not quite be able to find the right way to say something and, and fall yeah. back on a cliche or something because you can't find a more well, creative you can be way genuine and bad Right, your lyric can be bad and genuine. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, like Vanessa Black really meant that she was gonna get down on Friday <laughs> when she was sixteen years she old. She really felt it. Felt I would argue that. that she didn't because I think yeah. someone else probably wrote that song. But hey, this would which, be one of those did ones. either did either of you guys mention the rounded vocal? Because that's also freaking awesome at the end. of Oh this, no, I love. We have not mentioned that, but I was going to because oh, that's why I picked that clip. No, no, yeah. I mean it doesn't matter. We don't we don't know each other's notes. It's yeah. great, and and you really, it's worth like listening to each part. Like they're not terribly yeah. different, but uh, as far as like what they're saying, but it is. I I love it. I love yeah. the awesome. kind of two things on top of each other, um, and it's a really. It's like a beautiful song. It's uh, it's awesome, and it's obviously now he's realizing. Oh, he does he does need this girl. Um, this is uh, we're getting back into the love part here, and it's a good it's a good love song, and I think it probably didn't hit me as well back then because um, it felt like a straight love song ballad, and I was not in love in two thousand five. So that's probably yeah. why I, 
wasn't wasn't as into it. Not not into it, but um, I I like it so much more now. Um, well, dude, like isn't that the old saying? Like you know you're in, you know you're in love when the music makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's true. You, it wasn't your fault. No, it was not. Uh, still, still really like the song. It's not like I was skipping it. It's just I think now yeah. I appreciate it a lot more than I did. Uh, I love the "You Come Over" unannounced thing. I just there's mm-hmm. something so romantic in my mind about that because that's what happened in movies and TV shows. Oh yeah, you know, uh, and pre cell phone, and yeah, pre cell phone stuff. And I was just like right on the cusp of that um, in like dating high school kind of life because I didn't have a cell phone until I was like 19, but. I don't know. I feel like that's a, an un... Well, that still, doesn't even happen anymore. You would just text every time now, right? There's right, no come it, over it, unannounced. But it's still a movie TV show trope, like, where you're like, what it you still just is. text before you right. come over? Like, people are always yeah. just like, I needed to talk. Why didn't you call her then? Why didn't you text to make sure I was here? Because I'd be mad if, like, I got over there and then they weren't there. I'd be like, dang it, I drove all the way over here and now where are they? I'm texting. Are you at your house? No. Oh, I'm at your house. Um. Yeah, it's... Uh, but I, I I love the I love that trope like of movies and stuff. It makes me um, nostalgic for for that kind of thing. We I've been watching old like all the old movies that I watched as a kid with my kids now, and so it's always funny that those you can't you know most of those plots don't work anymore <laughs> because right. of cell phones. So like even like ET doesn't you know it's like there's all sorts of technology you know technology solves for for that and stuff and so it's fun to watch those with the kids they're like because they really do not it's hard for me to make my kids understand they're like what did you do if you left the house i'm like no one could call me it's like people just didn't know where i was they left a message and i called them back and they really just don't understand how it goes so i doubt they're going over (laughs) anyone's houses unannounced you know i i I don't mean to go off on a tangent but we just watched big with our kids today okay and and like maverick was like how can he just like make up a name and and a social security number and like get a job <laughs> a good and point. i'm like i mean it is a good point but also we're talking about a time where everything was done on paper and like things took time so and in the 80s it's also like once we've suspended disbelief that a child can turn into became a, a man adult, like <laughs> yeah, we're like exactly. we can suspend disbelief that like we can fool yeah. oh, the employment agency yep totally um but yeah there is some of that kind of stuff uh and yeah it's it's funny okay let's go to uh track eight the breakdown or just breakdown here we go The first thing I have to say about this is this is another great last track into this track situation, which is one of oh, our yeah. page turning things. The drum part I could never count right though, yep. <laughs> because it's that snares on a two on the opening. But you know, when you first hear it, it sound you would think it's the one. And so every time he came in, I was like wrong about it in my car, and I would just play that first part over and over again until I was like, hey, wait, that's the two. Okay, I'm like counting it right. It's like determined. To be able to count this in right, and I will be—you'll ha- be happy to know that in this last couple 
uh, playthroughs of the album. I was like, yep, I, I'm getting this right every time. But I, I, that was always one that threw me off a little bit. But God, this song is freaking good, guys. So oh, yeah. good. Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, excellent bass line. Yep. The drum part's cool. Yep. I freaking love the uh, starting with uh, It's Magic, She Says, and mm-hmm. then going to It's Tragic, She Says. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, May is a really good band, guys. That's what I think. Yeah. And May this is... is- such a good story like the the, <laughs> yeah. the album the the story throughout this album is fantastic and this is the perfect like it see i mean it, it seems like obviously in the past song you realize like crap i need this person in my life kind of thing and this is kind of like that butterfly feeling again oh yeah with the person again and it's perfect i mean it it just nails the feeling of of that ah oh, i love it chris yeah uh, i mean you guys said it all uh the Baseline, the chorus, uh, the the way this song just kind of moves, like it, yeah. it, uh, it, it has a really nice groove to it. Um, and it's weird. I, I don't think I would put this album like in my top twenty all time or anything like that. But ever, I, I got we're to song eight now, and I was like, this is not, um, you know one of those militia group albums where there's like two good songs and then it just falls off. Like we're like on the eighth song. And I'm just like, dude, these were all like freaking hits. All of them are good. Just freaking jams with hooks on hooks on hooks, man. Every one of them. So Uh, they should have been bigger. Oh, absolutely. 100%. This album should have been bigger. It's a crowded market in 2005. I know I, I know I had, I had my turn and I chose to say something dumb. Like May is good, (laughs) but Here's what I mean. We will give May. you another turn. That's Here's fine. what I meant by May is good. Um, it's you know, it's 2005. May I think since then we have grown accustomed to bands that can play their instruments well. But on in 2005 on Tooth and Nail, bands weren't playing their instruments like this. Um, and and may maybe a couple others were, but like these dudes are freaking musical. And and they and they rock. I saw them live a few times. They killed it. Like it was. I think I do think that they're still special. But like I think I also think I'm kind of obsessed with how unique they were, at, at even at that time. Like nobody really sounded like them. You're you, like you mentioned someone saying that they were you know kind of like Copeland, but like even then, no. You know they're they're very. Yeah, They're I think the reason they get that themselves. they get that comparison is because they did have more of like clean guitars and yeah, piano, yeah, I mean, and I, I think that that and the, like sweeter vocals, like I mean, like obviously like Aaron's vocals and Dave's are like yes, less, the vocalist. They're thing, like very sure. pretty, vo- like like I they're vocals sure. are more clear, not like raspy or rocky and stuff like that. They're a little more. But I mean, it's pretty rare to find, I think, a modern band that if you heard a new song come on the radio, you would still be able to go, that's May. Yeah. And, and you know, for, for a band in 2005 to create a unique enough sound um, that, that like they're set apart from everything else. I think that's pretty cool. I will say this. So, um, you know, you mentioned 2005, a lot of competition, just a few other albums that came out in 2005, by the way, uh, Jack's mannequin, everything in train, uh, Cody and Cambria, uh, volume four, Emory, Cartel, Academy Is, Motion City Soundtrack, Bayside, Rocket Summer, 
um, Acceptance, Bright Eyes, Paramour, Spill Canvas, Death Cat for Cutie, Thrice, Amberlin. This That's the record huge, Aaron Sprinkle oh, was working on. And, uh, the acceptance in, record. And Fallout Boy, right? In uh in in Under the Cork Tree, Cork 2005 tree? too. Yeah. Gosh, Probably. I mean, so many albums. But BuzzFeed, not that BuzzFeed is, I mean, uh the authority on anything, but their number one is May, the Everglow of the emo albums from 2005. And I think Ooh. they're no right. Kidding. I think they might oh, be right. Yeah. Because, and keep in mind, I, Jack's Mannequin, Everything in Transit, also a perfect album for me, but Wonderful. this one might edge it out as far as if I had to pick one that could define the genre a little bit more, I'd probably go with May. Cause I think it has more of some of the stuff of, of that. Um, whereas Jack's Mannequin, I think could, you know, if he hadn't been in something corporate, could have just been considered like a, a piano rock yeah. kind of pop rec- record or that. something. Um, Cause it didn't really have, you know, a lot of the, but I mean, gosh, this album is, is so good. You're right. We're eight tracks into this and it is, it's all, there's not been 30 seconds of this. That's been mediocre at this yep. point. Absolutely. And not. more people should listen to this record. Um, I, I just absolutely love it. So let's go to um, track nine, Mistakes We Knew We Were Making. Here we go. New. I'll be totally honest. I well, no. Let's go on, Chris. You first. What are, What are your thoughts on the track? This song is just oozing with cheese. It is so <laughs> cheesy, and I love it. I think it's okay. I'm totally about it. What is that guitar effect called? It's what, a dotted like, eighth note delay. That okay, and that's yeah. the that's the uh, edge thing, right? Yeah. Same. same I mean, thing. the edge okay. is definitely the person that. Yeah. Made it the most popular, and that's who we're all cop. Everyone that's ever done a Dodd delay is copying the edge. And if they tell you otherwise, they're lying. They're lying. They're lying. Yeah. Um, or well, they're copying I, someone that copied the edge. Or I was say, or they're copying Tom DeLong, not knowing that right. <laughs> yeah. Tom DeLong is copying exactly. The edge. It's like it's the edge. That's good. It's <laughs> if you yeah, kids, if you got a dotted eighth note delay, it's the edge. You well, that was my from. compliment. Was that uh, you know I know that they're using that effect that you know the edge made popular, but they, they definitely make it their own. Like it's, it sounds like a may, yeah. uh, you know, doesn't yeah. sound like an homage to you two at all. It yeah. just sounds like them. And I'm not dogging on it. I, I love no. a dot eight today. I use it all the time, all the time. Um, Kyle, what are your, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I feel like, you know, a song is good. If, if someone's singing do da na 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 and it works, you know, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, here's the thing. You talk, talk about cheesing, and here, here's the thing. I I would have said the same thing, and then I'm trying to research the album. The only track I could find anything about, any kind of quotes from the band, any kind of stuff, is this song. What? And, and they're not... Um, uh, first of all, okay, I didn't get... Okay, so if it isn't clear from the lines, and this is me not paying attention to lyrics, again, if it isn't clear from the lines, like driving in the rain to the hospital, quiet, uh, makes it tense... Uh, the ninth track of the Everglow describes the conceptual couple's journey through pregnancy, swelling piano and pounding drum, carry this child along serving as the backbone to his melodic unfolding the story. 
And he goes on record to discuss the true meaning behind mistakes, such as during a live performance one time. And, um, and in the live performance one, the quote was basically, I think at the time, a lot of people thought it was about having an abortion and mm. one way, and he wouldn't say one way or another. He was just saying, it's about losing a kid. It's about losing a kid. I, I read the lyrics more as a, as a miscarriage. Yeah. Cause you don't go to a hospital to get an abortion, but, um, just if I'm, if we're being technical about stuff and, uh, but it's like about like how that changed the view of love, you know, kind of thing. So it, it sounds super cheesy. It just sounds like a love song, but like also I'm like, Oh my gosh, this album totally changed what this means for me at this point. Yeah. Like that, that changed the trajectory of this couple in this, on this album. Well, also like, I don't like, I always, I always, I assumed that it was a miscarriage. Oh, little one on the other side. Yeah, because what's that what's that line? Yeah, uh, that's a dance. Some yeah, you know, continue, dance till dance, the song well, ends or something. Dance, yeah, yeah dance yeah. till we stop playing or something like that. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. What is the? It's uh, dance until the band stops playing. There you go. Mm. Sing with all your might and sing with yeah. all your might. Oh, mm. that's yeah. It's a really that's good, pretty awesome, really good one. So, um, I think he said. What we're looking at is the fact that as a result of this baby entering into the world, they find love, these individuals, that's more fulfilling and more rewarding and more satisfying than anything they had known up till that point. And so that's this is from a live concert where mm. he's explaining it. Um, and so, and then he said, I think that it's important that we understand that love is not always black and white like we'd like it to be. And sometimes it's very gray. Sometimes you have to make the difficult decisions and sometimes you have to try and fail and fail and fail a few times before you can actually succeed and get the big picture. And I think that's exactly what this song is really about. And the song is called mistakes. We knew we were making this is, before they played the song, obviously. Um, so that's about the insight into this, but you go, okay, that's uh, heavier than I thought it was, <laughs> but again, really good job and genuine. Again, it just feels real. Um, so I, I'm into it. Okay, let's go to track 10, Cover Me. Say you're on cover me so i really like this song and if you keep listening to may i actually think this song sounds a little bit like singularity mm -hmm. it it, it kind of reminds me of that vibe uh it's i don't think it stands out or anything you know like a like a sore thumb on this record but it's it's a little more like those songs um i i love it i, I mean let's see sorry i have to keep counting you can We're count on 10 we we're on uh, track nine. ten, ninth track song, loving, loving every minute of it. So, me too. Um, Chris, got any thoughts on Cover Me? I, dude, I just, I adore this song. Like, it's uh, so too. trippy and weird. Like, it comes <laughs> it out is. of nowhere. Um, and but uh, you know the the jazzy swingy chorus with the falsetto, and then the way the chord structure like resolves in like a really like satisfying way when, when he says uh something on the ground i don't know this is definitely them showing off a little like hey we can 
we know music theory and we can go all <laughs> over that do all these things that all these little like punk rockers have no idea what we're doing <laughs> yeah i um i think there's a lot you're right they kind of threw all their fun little tricks in on this one i mean that low vocal underneath it is cool yes. uh, is really yeah. cool and the piano playing the straight while everything else is pushing and then oh, that yes. dissonance of that chord is so weird and it's like it's almost like it was a mistake that they kept but i don't think it was a mistake because it's it's a mistake i would have made and then been like let's keep it but it's like it's so weird those verses and i love it i just it's so interesting to me it just oh i love it i i cannot say enough about this song um and then the whole outro thing is just freaking cool. That whole breakdown in the middle of the bridge. Yeah. I love it. I just think I it's... wrote it was a, a clinic. Like this is like a musicianship <laughs> clinic just happening in front of you if you're at this at, at this concert. Oh yeah. I mean it really just makes me super, super happy. Um I I can't say enough about it. Um I love it. Y'all y'all have any other opinions on this other than you sort of just wanted me to keep rambling about it. <laughs> keep keep it up <laughs> just keep going just keep rambling about it no i love it i think it's great um i do think um we you brought up singularity i'm pretty sure the keyboardist leaves for singularity oh. and someone left for singularity and i can't remember okay. who it was and also it's a major label debut yeah and I felt like without that member, it just wasn't quite the same just because you did bring it up. Um, but th you're right. It does have some of those, the more like minory Rocky vibes was, there was more of that on singularity. Um, yeah. and I may, I think that might've been because it was a little bit more, um, guitar driven. So piano, I might be wrong about that though. I'm not totally sure. Okay. Let's go to track 11, the Everglow. Here we go. Kyle, what are your thoughts on the Everglow, the uh, title track of the album? It's excellent. The freaking keyboard part right there, the four on the floor and the halftime. That was halftime, right? Well, that's really, it's like eight on the floor, really. Yeah. It's, eight yes. notes. Yeah. Yeah, all, yeah. it's all on the floor. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's all, all on, on the floor. floor. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like eight on so, the floor with halftime snare. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. So I got, I got to see them play when this record came out. And I just like, that's one of the, that transition there is one that I'll always remember. It was just so awesome. And they were so good. Like they're just badasses. Dude. And that's what the, they are. He had like a five keyboard stack thing. Yeah. He had like, I remember he had literally, that. I yes. mean, it was cool. He had this, like the full piano at the and, bottom. And then like this, like synth, 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 synth. And, it was like, killer. Their bassist was just killing it. And they're the kind of guys that like when they're playing it, like it looks like it's not hard to them. You know what I mean? Like they're just oh. doing it. And uh, anyway, sorry, I, I got a little bit off track, but the, I love I, I've seen this song live. It's fantastic. Um, that's one of my favorite parts of the song that you just played. And he's just freaking kicking the bass drum. And uh, it, it's it's awesome. 
it's 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 a wonderful song. I do. I mean, it really it's kind of a another clinic, like you said, Chris. And I love that like we've got a half chorus for the first chorus. I love that trick of like we're just gonna give you part yeah. of the chorus, just a, a taste. taste. Just a little taste. We're gonna take you back you more into the verse, and then we're gonna yeah. give you a full chorus. We're just gonna give you half the chorus for right now. You'll come back later for the second one. I know you will. Um, and it's true. I love the line about I think we've got what it takes to get this heart start beating again. Something about mm. the way he says it pumps me up. It makes me feel yeah. like I can do stuff. I don't know. Um, I I love it. I think it's it just is a it's an inspiring song. Chris, what what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, you guys kind of said all the good things. Great chorus. A song, track 11, still just sing-alongable hooks. Remember, uh, you know. Just trucking def- along. Yes, absolutely. And then I absolutely put the quote, get this heart start beating again. Something about the delivery of that line stick, stuck with me through the ages. I, I, I sing it right when it, you know, like like picked up right where I left off in 2006. You know, like uh, heard that line and remembered singing it loud, loud and proud. You mentioned track, uh, like popularity, and this one's basically at the top of the list. Um, I think on Spotify, actually, someone else's arms is just a little bit ahead of it, but that's a good sign if your track 11 is, um, yeah, still doing. But I mean, still, uh, 1.7 million plays for this song is under it's too that's not enough. This album should, it's everyone should know about this album, it's really, really good, and it's another one of those things where it's like, I think May did fine uh i but i they should have been bigger like everyone they, they should this should have been a staple of of 2000 everyone's albums in 2005 um and i really oh like well i'm sure talk a little bit more about this as we get into it but it does make you wonder is like to the nail not the right um not the right this is not me dogging on tooth and nail it just i don't know if they were right for may like because they really did not fit with almost everything else on Tooth and Nail at the time. So right. did you? I don't know if you found this, Blake, but uh, there's like a 2003 interview that they did with um, Jason Tate from mm-hmm. uh, and, and and like he's t- Dave is talking about recording this record or having all the demos ready, and he mentions that I guess they had a one record deal with with tooth and nail okay. before this record came out. So the, he's, he's interviewing with Jason Tate. Jason Tate asks him, uh, you know, you had a one record deal. What are you thinking for this next record? Are other people interested? And Dave says, everyone's interested. DreamWorks is interested. So this like, is after destination beautiful before this album. Yes. Or, okay. And, really? and he, and he said, but he mentions that they've, they've really enjoyed tooth and nail and they're no, and they're a little bit scared of the major label. Which and I think it, is it, fair. Yes, yeah. totally. At the but, time, too, especially. We've talked about that a million times, how it was a weird, weird time. Well, I'm just I'm just curious to know, because I like May is one of those bands that I adore, but I don't know a lot about them. And it may be because there's not a lot out there. But I do want to know, like, what was their experience then? Because I agree with you, Sing- we're getting ahead of ourselves, but Singularity is probably their least strong record, and it's their major label debut like what was that experience like was it positive was it was it negative and we can all hear it i don't know i don't think i don't if they if it really if i'm if memory is serving and they really lost a member between there i think that explains singularity more than the label switch but it makes me still rocks yeah it's still a good record but it makes me wonder what would have happened like 
if you would have had Interscope, someone, yeah, whoever, um, pushing this album a little bit more. I mean, it just seems like it should have been popular. You look at the other records that came out the year. It's not like it was just, it would have gotten crowded out. Like I said, on this Buzzfeed list, obviously retrospectively, but they've got it at the top of the list. And I think they're right. I think it's, it's one of the best albums of 2005 and most people don't know about it. Um, and, but it has all the things like it's got great pop sensibility. I think it would have been, I could hear any one of these songs being, popular along the side of those other ones that I mentioned in that list as far as, um, you know, being, being popular. And so it does make you wonder what could have happened. Although he, as we've talked about, like I said, it was a weird time. The labels were merging. Almost everyone, we, like I said, no, had the same story from 2003 to 2005, as far as like talking to labels, but then it not yeah. really working out or yep. getting shelved or, and all those things can happen too. But it does just bum me out. Cause I want more people to know about this. Um, if you want, I can give you the exact quote on that. Yeah, I do was it, paraphrasing. Please. So, uh, you guys only had one album contract with tooth and nail. Have you had any other label offers? Uh, Dave says we've had a whole lot of label interests, everyone from DreamWorks, Atlantic and RCA, but right now we're just trying to figure out, we don't know what we're going to do yet. Kind of nervous about the whole major label thing versus indie label tooth and nail has been amazing to us. Yeah. Um, and, and then just because we talked about it earlier, he goes on to ask him about the Christian band label. And he says, we are not a Christian band. We are Christian guys, but um, yeah. So he was, I, I remember him being like pretty adamant from the beginning. Like, no, that's not a label we're going to put on ourselves. So. Uh, yeah. I think it's one of those kind of pointless labels myself, yeah. but uh, Stupid. yeah, it just, it makes me wish that more people knew about this record. Cause I think that you, they would like it. I don't. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. I don't think you have to be in some sort of weird space or know what's going on or have any sort of like pretext to what's happening. Like this is a good album. I also don't feel like I know anybody that knows of it that doesn't love it. That's you know what I mean? exactly like, right. I, I don't know anybody that's like, you know, the Everglow's okay. You're right. I don't know. Yeah. If, if you've heard it, you like it for the most part. And yeah. I could be wrong, but that's just the people I've come into contact with. Everyone. If I know you feel different than that, we don't want to hear from you. So please yeah, don't, don't message tell us. us. Don't tell us. Okay. Let's go to track 12. Ready and waiting to fall. I've never been so satisfied. Oh, I can feel something different from the first time. Having made sense. Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I really like this song. I don't, I like, I don't love it as much as all the other songs, but I do still think it's a great song. And it feel, it still feels, they have like this hopeful feel throughout the record, and it's still here on this track. So, yeah. Chris, absolutely. It uh, there's just no drop off. I feel like so many albums we do from this era about you know 10th 11th song once they get that far 
there's some moments where we've we've all joked about too like we're like oh what were they thinking it's just left this one off this is a great song like it yeah it's not the best on the record but um it's got a great hook and i you know once again 20 years later when i'm listening to this album i you know i remembered the hook i remember the melody right away um that's definitely uh, a 20 year earworm i mean i feel like you wrote a good song if it's still just stuck somewhere back in my memory bank somewhere yeah, I love the lyric. I could, um, I could feel something different from the first time. Yes, like I, I, I think you know a lot of us have been in those kind of relationships where you get a rough past or like almost break up or do break up or whatever, and then you find each other again. Like I've got several friends that have been married for a long time that like didn't work out the first time they broke up and then you like find people. I, I even have friends that were married, got divorced, and like and then like ten years later got back together, kind of thing. It's like they just I don't know when you find your way so like your way back to your person that you didn't realize was at the time. Yeah. And you're a little older and I kind of love that. Um, cause it's a common thing and I don't feel like it gets sung about very much. The kind of like, Hey, we gave this shot. It didn't work. And then, but we end up back together. I don't know. I, I kind of love it. Um, maybe I'm just not thinking of all the songs that that happens in. I feel like, uh, it's a good, <laughs> it's good. What is this? thing? <laughs> Kyle sending okay. us. Um, no, no, I there's a reason I'm sending that to you. So okay, um, <laughs> to be revealed, <laughs> to be revealed at a later date. Yes, um, yeah, so that's track twelve. Let's go to track thirteen. Anything. Okay, Kyle's <laughs> Kyle's message to us makes more sense now. Uh, Kyle, explain. Uh, we'll put this in the show notes. So, so I don't know. Off. I don't know if someone's trying to steal that sweet ass cap money or, <laughs> or what. <laughs> but uh, on Apple Music, the song says it's written by Fib J Main, and Fib J Main from his picture looks like quite the character. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Fib J. Main did not write this song. Pretty sure that he's not um, the ghostwriter on this track. And and I'm just going to go into saying this song freaking rocks. Yeah. The freaking bells, everything about it. And um, Blake, you just said something nice about like, you know, friends that kind of like went through struggles and then and then found found their way back to one another. Yeah. Like, um, I love, I love the love. It's the wave I ride that won't ever reach the shore. Like, um, again, this hopeful feeling, like, I just feel like I'm freaking Chris. You said, I th- did you say soaring earlier or did I say soaring? You said soaring first. <laughs> oh, I put, the, I, yeah, I, that's your, I, that's a I was Kyle. pushing an agenda earlier. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we talk about, we talk about superpowers a lot on this podcast and how, you know, we think certain bands or songwriters have specific superpowers. And I think Dave's is writing about love in a way that like is super relatable he yeah. he has little lyrics in all these songs and he has a lot of them on that morning, afternoon, evening set mm-hmm. of EPs. Like he has a lot of lyrics on those that just make me go, yes, that is exactly what it is. That's exactly how we all feel. I think sometimes, and he's just better about putting it into words and, and he does really good on this. Uh, yeah. The, the wave I ride line I had 
listed too. The, it's a really the good other one. line. Uh, there's a wonder in everything. The rope gets loose and the chains unbind, and I can do anything. Yeah, like I can do anything. Oof. It's a great sentiment. I love it. Awesome, Chris. What are your thoughts on it? Love the chimes. Love it. <laughs> you guys said all the other stuff. This is a great big uplifting song, and I am super super excited to tell you that I'm gonna send a clip to you, Blake, of the Bib J Main of May playing at the Green Door. Oh, on their tour of Copeland, this song. Yeah. And it's like a pretty good video. It was only uploaded two years ago. This guy's been sleeping on this what? video for 20 years. So thank you, Bob, Show since notes. 1981, you old yeah. man. Uh, Green Door, man. Yeah, I saw them at least three times at the Green Door back in the day. And they're great. And I'm nostalgic. I was talking about the Green Door with someone the other day. And I'm just so nostalgic for that place. Um, I just saw so many good bands when it was fewer than 400 people there watching them with me, you know, that's, uh, you just don't get to do that as, as much, um, as, as, as we once did. Uh, I, although there's a, there's a couple of new cool new <laughs> Kyle sending us more screenshots of miscredited May no, stuff. That's, that's Chris. That's and me. I saw that oh, that's today. Chris. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I was like, Ooh, a new May album. I didn't know about surprise yeah. drop. The that's Apple May. Music uh, engineer that that worked on the May project was definitely th- that was three o'clock on Friday. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is May, this is May, uh, this is May. <laughs> Lakes Lakes had the same problem. Uh, there was like every it would show up as Gary Lakes on my thing, and they finally were like we're changing our <laughs> band name to Eager Seas. We're so tired of getting confused. There was like a metal band named Lakes, and then there was this Gary Lakes guy, and I think they were just like, you know what, this is not working. We should not have named our band Lakes. Too too hard to um, to figure out who the heck we are. Um, so now all that stuff has like three different names in my, in my organization. Um, but yeah, this is a lot of miscrediting of May, but, uh, we can assure you they did not write this song with Fib J main, uh, pretty <laughs> confident. We can take that one to the bank <laughs> and then, they're not a young French woman they're, Yeah. They're with the accent at the end. Yeah. That's not, or, or the, what do you call that thing? Is that an accent? The little accent thing mark? above the E? Yeah, that's an so. accent. Yeah, I'm sure um, the French call it something super snobby. Way more pretentious than accent. Yes. Yeah, they call it something else. Uh, yeah, okay, so anything. Very uplifting song. I do like it. I agree. Um, he's just doing good at, at singing about love. Let's go to track 14, The Sun and the Moon. I love how those drums are kind of sitting back in the pocket a little bit. Like it's not right on the, it's, it's again, just good musicianship. This is exactly what we needed was this instrumental outro of the album that just feels perfect for me. Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? I agree completely. I, but I do love the, I love the line. Um, hold on. I don't want to misquote this. Don't you dare. Um, I, I, I wouldn't dare. Um, uh, and it was just like the sun, but more like the moon, a light that can reach it all. Um, I, I, I love that. Uh, I, I, I love this record and, um, and I think it's a great ending. So 
I mean, excuse me, there's one more song, but yeah, yeah but I mean, to the, the last prologue and epilogue are bookending yeah. the album that's in between it because it even says, you know, that. So, I uh, this is the last track, I mean, it's the last song of the album. The epilogue yeah. is just the epilogue. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, you know, you guys nailed it. I, May is a band that's musically talented enough, they can pull this off and they pull it off very well. So, um, it's a, it's a nice finishing touch. Actually, um, the, one of the songs, yeah, Sun, I think this might be another one that's on that guy's video set. I just want, you know, I'm just floored huh. that there's, the footage is actually really good too. I, I I'm gonna put in, we'll put in the show notes. Yeah, it's, what was he they, shooting on they, in like 2005? I don't know, but it's not One bad. of those flips? <laughs> one of those yeah. flips? You remember that? Oh, that was probably it. I remember um, that was a big deal. That was like, that. that's all there was really before before uh smartphones um do you guys know are they are they i guess i could i guess i could google this real quickly are they doing a everglow show like front to back i haven't seen anything announced yet but man i would there are so many 23 to 25 20 year old albums that i'm gonna need to see um in their full glory because and this is one of them i would i mean they did the they did the pandemic uh, playing this album front to back thing, that, like online. Yeah, the which live was cool. thing. Yeah, but I would love to see it for real live. I would, um, yep. I would go anywhere to go do that with you fellas if you want to do a little road trip. If they ever, if they do oh, announce such a thing, I'm in. Uh, I would, I would love to see this album because it is one of my favorites, and I, I just think the, I think this is a beautiful ending to it too. This is, I love the instrumental oh, stuff. They're, they're about to straight up announce it. Are Did they? you look at their Instagram? Okay. No. Zero posts. Okay. Oh, they wiped oh, it out. They just cleared their socials. Know. Yeah, it's it's coming. Something cool's happening. Something awful's gonna happen. <laughs> what month did what month did it come out in? March. Oh. Wait. Yeah. Well, so then, I mean, it's, yeah. We're weeks it's coming away. up. Yeah, March 29th. Um, well, I hope they do because I will. Um, we'll. I'm sure we'll have a little snack about it, and we will be buying tickets to somewhere. Hopefully, it's also, just they come here. Also, to to add to the us like wondering how big they are or aren't. They have twelve point six thousand followers on Instagram, which is a shame. Right, but if you don't post a lot, that's also one of those things yeah. that happens sometimes. So you can't necessarily totally gauge it on it. But yeah, God, they should be bigger. They should be more people should know about it. Uh, even within the genre, you know what I mean? Like, Probably. I'm not saying they need they were going to be a top ten, top forty band or something, but. Within the genre, and, and, they and also I want to make sure that I'm being clear. Like I'm not like disappointed in in May. You know, like, no, I'm no, no. I I, I wish people like people need to hear this because it's awesome. May didn't need to do anything differently. Yeah. I think yeah. their albums are fantastic. Singularity is my least favorite of theirs, but it's still a good album. Like it's still good. Yeah. It's just it's just not as good as their other ones because. Most of them are perfect. I mean, I like yeah. this isn't like yeah. That's, I don't think that's it's true. hyperbole. Like I really that morning, afternoon, evening set of EPs are brilliant. They're like it was a great. They had themes. They are, all, we, I, do, are we just going to talk about their records? Because <laughs> yeah, let's just do it. Let's just like let, we'll just okay. Let's just do epilogue real quick. Uh, right. it, we'll just you know. This concludes the Everglow by May. It's safe to say, woman with the perfect voice for this voiceover, we did enjoy (laughs) enjoy our our journey. journey.
Um, yeah. Very much so. Wonderful. It was a wonderful journey. It makes me, I still just, this is the reason I love albums is albums like this. The reason mm-hmm. that I don't have as many May songs on playlist is because I want to listen to their albums front to back. Like I just, that's a good point. That's yeah. how I want to listen to these songs. Um, not that they aren't on like my sort of my like solid tunes and five star tunes playlist, but when I hear a May song, it makes me want to go like, ah, I should listen to that whole record. And I love that about a band. Um, and they're one of them that's done it really well. So yeah, let's talk about some of their albums because, um, I think it's obvious that the answer to our lasting impressions doesn't hold up. I think we're all going to like, duh. Um, we, we know <laughs> it absolutely holds up. It, it is just as good of an album today and it really isn't even dated. I don't think at all. It just, it feels really great, but let's talk about like, is it their best album? Kyle, I think that's an interesting question to ask and we can start talking about some of their other ones here. Okay. So. Hmm. Maybe. Like I love this record. I waited. To, I waited until now to say this. I'm not positive. Both of you know this, but my daughter's middle name is M A E May. That's how much. That. That's how much I love this band. That's uh, more this, dedication this than I can say I have, and I'm pretty sure neither one of uh, Chris's sons are named May. So, and, and so zero. Um, I love this record. I think it's perfect. Every time I listen to it, I don't skip a thing. Yeah. I, I, you know, I enjoy my experience, right? I, I enjoyed the journey. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, I don't believe you put this record on and not, and not listen to the whole thing. I truly love their last release. The, 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 I guess it's a self-titled, the multi-sensory aesthetic, aesthetic experience. Yeah. Experience. It is um, great. I, I also love the EPs. Yep. Um, I sing singularity is not as good as this, but it still has wonderful moments. It does. So, um, I'll just say, I'll just say because it's hard to say a band's latest release is their best. Yeah. This is their best record. (laughs) I'll go there. Yeah. They've really just continued to make really good. I I really, I like destination beautiful a lot. It was one of those that, um, I, I can't remember even who told me, Chris, I think it was you that told me to listen to destination beautiful, but I can't remember. I I was definitely very into that, um, record. And I remember like me and you just sharing a lot of CDs back then too. Like we would like, I think justify not buying a CD if we like switched one. Oh yeah. We swapped all the time. We all, I had all kinds of rules about like why it was okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I, I think uh, I think it was Damien from OK Go had like a little article in some yeah some magazine that was like hey like you know in the world of sharing and ripping and stuff like that that was his sort of mentality it was like if you're like sharing like hey here's an album you I think you would like yes, exactly. and they do the same with you like that's a great way and I mean that's essentially the best way and it has been since the 50s the number one rec- way people find new music is via their friends recommendations like people they trust recommendations it's been that right. way for forever um it's you know based on recommendations friends well that's how we would recommend stuff instead of just having to say go check this out you could be like hey let me rip this into your computer or send you the files yeah. and take you the know. cd for five days and bring it back to me it wasn't me. cool yeah. when people just wanted to steal everything from your library that was not cool right. i did not right. like this that was- i paid a lot of money for yeah. this stuff but i was all into like hey you would like this band 
Um, and I, someone, I thought, I think it was you that did it and they were right. I love destination. Beautiful. To me, this took it up a step, like uh, in a pretty significant way in the sense that just like the cohesion of the whole album and how well thought out it was. And I think they're better as musicians and it just, it worked. It sounded more like a band and it's great. And I agree. Their newest one is great. And so, is, so are the EPs. It's pretty hard to pick one that I think is like absolutely superior, but I think this one just has such a nostalgia for me. And obviously I've listened to it for longer. Um, and so I think it wins out for me on saying best album, but it, they really haven't made anything bad. And dude, there are some rocking moments on that new one too. The five light years. Yes. <laughs> And um, Chris, have you listened to that record? No, I, I'm like Dude, looking at it right now. I'm oh so excited gosh. about it though because you guys <laughs> that song starts there. This one. No, okay. just start at the beginning. Well, here's what's yeah, weird that's about true. that record. That's true. Yeah, just the, listen to that. record. The digital version is a different track order than the vinyl yep. version, which is yep. weird because I got so used to that one that when I listen on vinyl, it's weird to me now. I, but I agree. Um, I don't know which one I pick as the right version because I don't know if I if if I'm in the right opinion now because I think I'm tainted by my um, having listened to the digital version. But it's a great album. Like it is, Definitely. it is really really good, and it's it's neck and neck with this one. I would say it's it's very and I love I love the EP twos the the EPs too. They're really 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 good, and especially like it was cool. Um. Although they remix those too, like they released yep. them as individual EPs, and then like all of a sudden they disappeared, and they kind of remixed them and released it as kind of one album. So they had to kind mm-hmm. of redo some of the transitions because they changed how the stuff was going into each other, and some of the mixes are different too. And unfortunately, it was one of those things that I only had on Spotify, and I wish I would have had the original albums that they released um, because I'd like to compare them to each other. But they're a good band. Um, the question for is this their most important album? Unfortunately, I think they were just like not a big enough band to have like yeah. one album that like launched them or something. But I would say that yeah. this would probably be it in the sense that it just was their sophomore album, more momentum than Destination Beautiful for sure. Um, but not enough to like keep riding that through the major label and singularity stuff. So I have what I think is a pretty good side by side comparison. We have exact label, but I'm going to compare them to Amberlin. And what I mean is like for numbers, okay? Mm-hmm. So Amberlin, great band. We're, we'll probably do an Amberlin record, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Amberlin has 63,000 followers. Yeah. And May has 12,000 followers. Like that's the thing that I'm like, yeah, I get that Amberlin is more active on their socials, but like I I think that's probably a good representation of like how many people listen to May versus a band like Amberlin. I think and, you're right. And and um and I love Amberlin. That's not to slam on Amberlin, but like man, I just I don't know how these guys just didn't explode. And even seeing them live, I don't know how people didn't just walk away going, "Holy crap, I've got to tell everyone I know about this band." Yeah, but I mean, here's the difference. May has 98,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and Amberlin has over a million there. I mean, but, but so 10 X, you know, but I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't think Amberlin is, um, well, I, I'm, I really, I, <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean at all because I like Amberlin, but Amberlin is not a better band than them and they have significantly more listeners. Mm-hmm. That's, 
Like, but do you think you some of that? it was trying? Like you could you could describe Amberlin better than you could describe May. Oh, I mean, totally, do you think that's part dude. of it? Like trying to figure out how to market May is a little bit hard. No, Amberlin, you could put right in a little box with like you're like, uh, oh yeah, they're kind of heavy and their right. lead singer sounds a little bit like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> Boom sticker. Put that on every album. To be fair, one of our friends said that uh, Dave sounds like Big Bird, and it kind of does a little bit, but like... Oh, God. (laughs) I'm never going to be able to unhear that now. (laughs) But not in a way like I don't love. Oh, Like, I love his voice. I think Dave's (sighs) voice is great, and it's totally unique, and I think he's got the soaring thing, but it's Mm -hmm. also really sweet, and it's really clean. Like, it just... I really like... I mean, May is one of my favorite bands, and it... I wish they. Ha- I wish a million people listen to them monthly for Thank their pocketbooks. They deserve it, and they deserve it. They've done. Yeah. They've made really good music for two decades, and yep. um, and and they don't put out anything crappy. Like yeah, they've only had yep. um, four full links in that time, and those three EPs that sort of then merged together as one, um, which is not like a ton of music, but it, it, you can tell they just do it when they they don't just throw it out there for the sake of well, we got to record an album. Uh, it's right. very clearly that they're like, we're going to put stuff out that we like and that we think is worth putting out. And I appreciate that because they don't have a bad, they don't have a bad album. And this album specifically, I just don't think there's anything I can find at fault with it. I mean, uh, and that kind of takes us into our awards. So Desert yeah. Island songs, man, two or three on this record is really so hard, hard, right? Yeah. Um, Kyle, I mean, what, what did you, can you do that? Ooh, you know what? I'm just going to like, I'm going to go with, I'm going to give mindless answers because no, like I can't. So I'll pick, um, I thought I was going to give mindless answers. Um, I'll pick the Everglow, the ocean and someone else's arms just because, because it's easy. That's fine. Uh, Chris, what are your three? Someone, this was hard, man. I've got it's stars, really like, hard. All of these songs, but I, I ended up at. I was like, well, I'm just gonna, yeah. So I, my, mine are kind of weird, but I, yeah, definitely someone else's arms. This is the countdown, and then for me, cover me. I, mm. I just, I'm absolutely super into that song. I always get so excited when it comes on. Those are my three. I think my three are suspension, breakdown, and cover me. So we basically we all overlapped on one song. Yeah, with someone else, but not which is again, it's the sign of a good record when we're not all yeah. on the same page about the same three songs, or at least it's a sign. It's really the sign of a great record because it means that I really it's very. I mean, I had to. I left off someone else's arms in those yeah, three, right? <laughs> but it's like when I was like comparing, I was like, okay, well, someone else's arms and suspension are kind of in contest with each other, and I think I have to pick suspension. There's just something about that song that makes me giddy. Um, yeah. And yeah, Breakdown and Cover Me, not just the fact that they go into each other the way they do, but, or I mean, they don't because they're, there's the track in between them, but just like they have that vibe. They're the end of the record. Cover Me is definitely going like, this is the weirdest song on the record, but it's just really good. And I, it was hard to get to three, um, really hard and, and nobody's perfect. I can't pick a worse song on this record. Can you guys? Nope. Not taking one off. I would not. If I had to change something, I guess you could get rid of the prologue and epilogue and it would still be 
like it would be great. Like there's nothing it's not that really would be the spirit missing. of the rule of the, but it's not the, the award, spirit though. of it. That's yeah. yeah, that doesn't count because it's not the real songs and it's a prologue epilogue. It doesn't really count. And it's not that it's bad or anything like that. It's just like, well, it just doesn't mean as much as the rest of the album that, it, you know, it bookends. And I, so I really, I cannot, I cannot kick something off this record. I do. Nope. There's not, I don't even know if there's 30 seconds of this record that I don't like. Um, no, I couldn't, I couldn't think about this award for even uh, like, no, a, a brief like hyper second i i was just like no there's just nothing this is it's perfect um th- yeah you don't take anything off what about growing out of shower though guys did you have anything that um crept up on you slowly over time kyle you know i think i pro i th- i think i relate to what you were saying the ocean earlier maybe didn't hit you right because you weren't you weren't in love right yeah i, I think i i think i relate to that i think i think you're probably right when I was younger, I probably wasn't jamming that one as hard. That's my <laughs> answer for sure. Record, I just, so. I mean, I liked the song, but I, I really love it now. And it means yeah. way more to me than it did in 2005. Chris, what about you? Do you have a grower? It, it was cover me for me. Cause uh, okay. I, I, I liked that. You know, I remember thinking that song was a little weird when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and, and I repeated it like four times driving home from work the other day. Uh, cause I was like, dude, this song just is so weird. I love it. So that, that that was it for me. Yeah, I, I think um, those are perfectly great answers. I, I really cannot encourage you enough, if you've not listened to this record, to go listen to the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, I really Do should it. have probably put that at the beginning of the episode because <laughs> it probably makes a lot more sense to listen to us talk about it um, if you've listened to the record. I love it. I think that um, it's just so good. Unfortunately, uh, we, I'm not going to link to a place you can buy it on vinyl cause it's all very expensive, but, uh, yeah. that would normally make be a recommendation, <laughs> but you should definitely go check it out. It's a great album. If you haven't listened to it, I think it's kind of a defining one from 2005, a year in which a lot of great albums came out, um, as we've talked about, but yeah, I think it might be at the top of my 2005 list. I think we should do an episode sometime where we talk about like, years specifically year. yeah. like okay 2003 like that is a like a idea. sort of like fight between what do we think is the defining one from a year yeah. um because it uh it was interesting at the time you know you kind of had these things like i remember having them in the calendar of like oh my gosh like this comes out this week and then the next week is this and then the next month is fallout boy and like, like 2005 was a, was a was a cool year for the genre and it could have been the defining year. We might need to figure out what is the year that was the defining year and, and, and have an that episode about that. Hey, the the vinyl prices are way worse than what I told you. <laughs> what, are they, what are they now? Uh, four fifty, um, oh six ninety nine. God, are I you mean, kidding me? And and that's the thing. Like, do people there's pay this? No sh- they do all day, oh. every day. Here's the thing. I like knowing that this is the twentieth anniversary. There's no way that they don't. They don't re-release. I that. hope they do because I so, would like a re-release version. Hey, I don't know anything let's, about. Let's make a pact. Oh, if one of us sees it, we'll buy it for the other. Oh yeah, three copies. Yeah. Now I, I don't know anything about the vinyl market, but yeah. what's is there a difference in pricing from an initial pressing and like oh, yeah. if they you repressed know, it? I think the reason things are going crazy right now is because there's only there's like a small handful of people that press vinyl, and so like it's. We're not going, if it's not in the works to be made, then we're not going to get a copy for years to come. I kind of compare it to like guys our age. The best, the closest thing I can compare it to is like the Disney vault. 
<laughs> oh, that's a good point. Like it's it, going back in the vault, guys. It's going back in the tramp, or it's going back in the vault. It's going to be ten years before Genius they repress marketing. it. You know, yeah. And that's and and that's kind of what's happening, just because it uh, nat- like it's a natural like byproduct of them only having five or six operating presses, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think that's what's doing it because. I mean, I've sold a lot of vinyl over the last year and it's only because I knew that they were going to do represses of things. And yeah. sure enough, there's several things that I sold that like hit a 20 year anniversary and they crapped them out there real quick. <laughs> and I don't think they did that either. I think they plan. I think that it was like a COVID thing, you know, during, right. during that time people were getting things pressed. So I, I, this is definitely pretty far at the top of the list of vinyls I want that I don't have because they're too expensive. This is definitely one of them um, that's on my list. I'm just hoping, like, I need to put an eBay um, notice in because every once in a while some idiot sells it without realizing what, oh, totally. <laughs> what it's worth. So yeah. I've gotten a couple of albums for, like, 50 bucks that were otherwise 200 minimum kind of thing. Um, so maybe I just need to do that. So, okay, well, that does it for us. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a review on, you know, Apple Podcast or Spotify, wherever you listen course you can subscribe on those platforms so that episodes conveniently show up on your phone or whatever device you listen on when we release them you can send us comments disagreements suggestions to info at finding email pod or on twitter at finding email pod and instagram at finding email pod and facebook at finding email pod uh we'd love to chat with you been getting some album recommendations that people want us to review we like to put those in a little list uh and hopefully we'll eventually get to all of them uh, sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, ooh, I don't know if you really want us to review that album because we're <laughs> not going to say good things about it. Um, uh, but for the most part, uh, we're trying not to crush people's favorite albums. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to convince you guys, but we are we are kicking around the idea of intentionally doing a bad album, too, that we can just... Yes. <laughs> just a really stinker. Just But not like it. from a band that you know and love, like from a band <laughs> right. you've never heard of and probably hate. Yeah, uh, or well, you're ashamed of it. I'm if you still. Did ever love they're them. still trying to convince me is really what's happening here. And <laughs> I'm going like, I don't know. This could be a real disaster. Uh, might not be fun. Uh, okay, that will take no research. Yeah, no. <laughs> we're just gonna go right into it blind. Yeah, blind reactions. That could be fun. All actually, right, well, that thanks. sounds awesome. That okay. actually yeah. could be kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. All right, we'll see what happens. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next time.